Welcome to Kitchen Table, candid conversations about sex, relationships, and being human. I'm Brittany Palacastro. And I'm Nick Anthony. And today we're talking to Marina Yanai Triner about relationships and nervous system regulation. Yes, so good. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Woo! It's my birthday. <laughs> so not when you're listening to this, but... Yeah. Today, as we're recording, is Nick's birthday. Yeah. His 40th oh, birthday. The completion of my 40th year. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. We go back and forth. He's like, I've already been 40 because from 39 to 40 is me being 40. And I'm like, yes, that is it. I would love for Listen, you guys to wait, weigh in on this because it. it just drives me. Check it out. This is it. So when we were born and like, how old is the baby? Oh, he nine months old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what happens when your birthday happens? Oh, you just turned one. So basically you're celebrating the completion of that year. I guess. And, and then the next day you are entering into your second year of birth yeah but you haven't been one until you turn one no but still you you've are, been nine months no, no, no. so you're, you haven't yes you are one at the end of that birthday you are one that's that, that you are one year old sense. it totally makes sense okay fine <laughs> like i just recently i was like why have i never connected with this before but it just makes so much sense to me. yeah it's still you're still like arrive it's still a big deal to it's, me it's to an, arrive at it, 40. it's an arrival but for me now it is a celebration of the completion of the year i was born you know okay that's fine. it that's done and done i love my 40s i just turned 42 mm-hmm. working it last month <laughs> yes <laughs> we're both working it I, oh yeah we totally I, I, are I feel good i feel good like i was excited to turn 40 like when i did i was like i turned 40 during 2020 in the pandemic mm-hmm. so <laughs> that wasn't the funnest thing no no you were you were very upset i was very excited not being able to do what you do <laughs> i had like dinner reservations like for all the like fancy spots in philly yeah. like i was like i can't do my stuff <laughs> so instead i organized like a virtual concert which was yeah that was awesome dope. that benefited like three different artists mm-hmm. which was really lovely it's beautiful but yeah i feel like um for some reason, like all the, the a lot of the the women that I admire, um, that I like look up to, really like blossomed and like expanded mm-hmm. in their forties. Yeah, I mean that's totally happening for me too. So I was never afraid of that. I was never afraid of turning forty. I was just like, yes, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> It's a beautiful thing, and it's never too late to accomplish things and you know hit goals and nothing finite. You age; it's aging gracefully. Yeah, we get older, but it's all our our mental perspective on it all too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll literally have the perception of like a thirty-five year old for the rest of my existence. I feel like really, why thirty-five? I don't know. It just feels like that age. I don't know. I felt like an age when I turned thirty-five. I was just like, yeah, this is felt like peaked, and I don't know. After that. (laughs) It just, oh God, it just like stalled and it just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm evolving. Mm. I'm evolving and growing. <laughs> but for some reason to me, I just like my mindset, I'll be like 80 years old. Like, oh, I wish I could do what I did when I was 35. That's interesting. I feel like we could unpack that a little mm-hmm. bit, but we're not going to. <laughs> I, we could probably unpack it with our guest though. Yeah. Marina, who is, you know, a somatic healer, a somatic coach, and really works with the nervous system, which I love. I live my life from the understanding of the nervous system. I've taught yoga for 19 years from the awareness of the nervous system. It's, I work with clients from that awareness. The nervous system is the shit. Yeah, it's a useful <laughs> thing to learn how to regulate as you grow older. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Okay, let's do this. Welcome to Kitchen Table. I'm Brittany. 
I'm Nick. And today we have our guest, Marina Yanai Triner. So Marina is the compassionate somatic coach working with people who want to experience more aliveness and deep transformation through a somatic body-based approach, addressing their stuckness, their triggers, and regulating their nervous system. Welcome, Marina. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with both of you. Yeah, we're happy to have you. I've been talking about this all morning because I love talking about the nervous system and talking about the somatic connection. And, you know, let's start there. So what does that even mean? And what is a somatic coach? Body-based, like not doing things from the mind, talking about, you know, mindset and beliefs and those pieces. I mean, they obviously come in, but it's really diving into the body, feeling our sensations, our emotions, everything that goes on in the body, which helps us to then embody what we want to shift and not just like understand it cognitively. And embodiment for me is just, I feel like I've had this experience of being feeling embodied and being embodied for a really long time, probably teaching yoga for the past 19 years (laughs) and practicing will do that to you. Why is it important to be in our bodies, like to connect with our bodies. Cause you know, a lot of, I go to therapy as well and that's more talk it out, which is really valuable. Oh, absolutely. But this kind of work is integral. Yeah. I mean, this is similar to the work I do, Mm -hmm. but I think that people don't necessarily understand why. Yeah. And so like, why, you know, if people were like, yeah, I do like talk therapy and why somatic, why of the body? So there's so many points to it. First of all, trauma is stored in the body. And I believe that is where the subconscious lies. It's not actually in in the mind. And also, I mean, you think about it, like we are the brain. This part is like such a small part of our entire body. And we have, you know, the vagus nerve, I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar and probably both of you are. And it's the largest. Did you say the vagus nerve? Yes, the vagus nerve. It runs from the base of the skull all the way into all of our organs. And most of the information from it goes from the body to the brain. So in practical terms, I have tried to shift so many of my beliefs and my behaviors by thinking about them, by analyzing them, by, you know, changing my mindset, blah, 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 like doing everything from the mind. And I've also had talk therapy that was great. And I felt like still stuck a lot of the time. And so that piece was missing the body piece, which I I didn't even know. But once I figured this out and I started to be in my body, everything, like all the shifts are so much quicker and easier. It's not, you don't have to like figure it out, sit there and plan. It's just like, oh, I'm aware that I have this pattern. Okay. And it shifts because you're in the body where the subconscious is, which is 90% of what rules us. People get bogged down by that energy, I think. I mean, this idea of like having to surpass that and like move through that. People don't, I mean, people want to, it's just understanding, people want to understand things first and then leave it there and not do anything else and don't really process that their body is storing this information. Like, yeah, I I can think of like many people in my life that Mm -hmm. that do that, that basically don't connect with that part of themselves at all or move in that way. Maybe you exercise every now and then, but, but not fully Mm -hmm. either. It's like mental or like at church, you know, like, like, it's just, I don't know. It's not as clear as some people, clear and simple as some people would think it would be. What do you mean? It's not clear and simple. I mean, do we exist in this vessel? Oh yeah. 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 
And then we like we were we we think about all these things and we have these experiences that happens to us and like you know information gets stored in our bodies and you know we, we try to move through things and we think we need to like understand it before we like we release it through like throughout. So there's there's just like these steps that people don't aren't clear about. I feel like yeah, and I think that the patriarchy, <laughs> I think that's part of like patriarchal control because it's of the mind, right? It's very mental. It's coming from that space of the analytical and the embodiment, being embodied, being of the body, I think goes against that. I think it goes against the patriarchy. Didn't know we were going to go on this tip, but I mean, for real. It's <laughs> true. I, I, totally true. I, I think it's very like mystical and, you know, it's like very spiritual. Yeah, it really is like the energy in the body is just something that you can't explain in words all the time and you can't rationally understand. And it's very true that, you know, patriarchy is about control and you can't control the body. The body just is like in flow and movement and it's really cool. And I have some actually fascinating examples of why I love this kind of work which is from recent times. I mean, there's examples all the time, but recently I've been really fascinated with attachment theory, which is all about like how we relate to each other based on how our caregivers related to us. So I- We love attachment theory. (laughs) It's so fascinating. So I got on this this session with the woman and we're starting the session. And so I did similar thing that we did in the beginning, which is like resourcing, which I think is really, really important. So I was guiding her, you know, just feel the support, feel the support of the surface beneath you, feel support in your body. And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel a hand on my lower back, but it's not very strong. And it's kind of, it's almost like an anxious hand. Like it's a little bit there, but then it goes away is what I'm feeling. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) we're done. We can go home. Like I get (laughs) everything now. And I was just like, can I try to explain your childhood? And you tell me if this makes sense. And it was just like, based on that, you know, the caregiver who's like there, but not there and also very anxious when they are there. So it's just so fascinating from just that little bit, you know, and then another example I have is a client that she was crying really hard. And I was like, I want you to know we're coming to the end of the session, but I am not going to leave you. I'm right here. And she just goes, I don't trust you. And if I would have asked her from her mind, like, do you trust me? She would say, of course I trust you. We've been working together for four months, whatever. But this was like, she was like fully in her body. So that's where the body just said, I don't trust you. And I was like, okay, very interesting, you know? So I just, it's so fascinating to me, like how the body will give us this information that we can then say, okay, now all of my relationships make sense. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that so much. You know, I do similar work and some of it's a sexual somatic healing tip, but you know, I, I love how you said that the subconscious like is in the body, you know, like I love that because I mean, that is my experience and I've never... I guess I've never like thought about it exactly in that way, in that kind of nuance. But when I'm in my body and when I'm resourcing from my body and getting information from my body, it feels completely different than when I'm doing it from my mind. Yeah. Completely different. It is um, less forced. It's, it's not, I'm not controlling it. 
And I think when we think of the body, we think of like the body, the organs, the arms, the legs, the torso. And it's like, well, what's kind of inside of the body? Like what's the torso holding, Mm -hmm. right? What are we holding inside? Because a lot of the work that I do personally, and then also with clients, but I do a lot of inner child work, just even with myself and like parts work. And so what's, you know, this part is the controller. This part is the planner. You know, here are my protectors that are creating resistance. So maybe I don't go down this path. And that has been so helpful with me. The, you know, where I've been recently and digging into some pretty deep trauma that was repressed for many, many years. And that gives me a framework. And even as we're talking about this, this is Hashtag learning in real time. Um, As I connect with those parts, right? That's the body. That's our bodies. We can do that through our bodies. And I think for me, I've been like, yes, the body, the psyche. And I just love that. For some reason that landed differently for me just in this moment Mm -hmm. of how much our bodies, how much wisdom our bodies have. So like you're open to this. Like you are someone that has practiced this for years. Yeah. So like, what do we do with someone who, I mean, I I think a lot of men specifically would think this was kind of (laughs) woo-woo. So what do you do for a man who is like, I don't know about that. I'm just, I'm not going to do therapy or just somatic healing or, you know, or they're probably doing this, releasing energy in their body through like, you know, small things that they don't really process that they're actually doing. So how how do you explain this to them? How do you bring someone in to this work who has resistance to it and thinks it's it's (laughs) woo-woo? Because it's so not. It's not. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Like, there's <laughs> two parts to it, right? By the way, I love that you said parts work because I love it and I use it and I think it's fascinating. Oh, it's so There's good. two parts to it. Like, one is someone who is like totally opposed and not at all open to it, then they wouldn't come to me because I don't reach out to people. They come to me, you know? So if they're that phase, like, they will possibly open up to it, which will be awesome. And then they will come to me and that will be great. (laughs) But also read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It's all like very, very sciencey and heady, I feel like, to say like your body keeps the trauma, essentially. Like that's the message of the entire book. But it really helped me because when I read it, I was like, what is this stuff? Like, I don't know about this. I was also very skeptical. And I also really lived in my head for most of my life. So I totally understand people who are there. Um, But then there's the people who do come and they're like, I want to do this work. And then resistance, like tons and tons and tons of resistance. So like Brittany said, like I treat it as a part, I treat resistance. I'm not really trained in IFS, but I just love helping people see how everything that shows up for them is not their entire experience because then We can be like the awareness that is seeing something happen rather than merging and being like, I'm resistant and that's all there is right now. So it's like noticing part of me is resisting this. Okay, cool. Tell me more about this part. Let's get to know it. Let's honor it. Usually that's like very, very old and it's about protecting us. Like basically everything is about our survival and protecting us, right? So we have to remember that when we're like, why am I such a procrastinator? Why am I such a perfectionist? Or all these things that seem really like shameful. It's really parts of us that have been there since we were little and they worked and they helped us survive and they helped us get to where we are and now they don't work anymore. So I always like honor everything and all the resistance is also really wise because it has a desire. 
could be like, I just want to be loved or I just want to feel safe. I don't feel safe right now. Like a really legit desire that's like, okay, okay, thank you for sharing that. And usually once it is shared, it's like, okay, I'm good now. We can keep going. Sometimes no. Sometimes we keep the resistance up for many sessions. But I just find if someone is not in a place to go into their body, you can't force that and you shouldn't because their defenses will just keep building, right? So yeah, that's my take. Yeah. While you were speaking and saying all that things, it made me connect with my uh, holdups and the things that I do to keep myself safe. Yeah. I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, my, my, I was thinking that too. My interview was just like, <laughs> not you. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> I was like, he, he does that. <laughs> I think I'm really... Yeah, at the moment, I've been in between like uh, stepping back into therapy, been almost a year, and there's just been like this apprehension of like wanting to or having to restart, you know, and re engage with some like a brand new person. And I've been connecting with that and also having to sit with that and like, why? Like, why am I doing that? And it's uh, gotten more clear. And also, people around me are just like, I want you to be, you know, happy and healthy. Brit, for one, is just like, yeah, oh, yeah. get your ass in there. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm going to do it. And she's like, when? And she's like, seven I'm just like, oh, fine. The, the resistance that comes up, like, it's mm-hmm. very intense. And this idea of being told what to do or how to do something, I have a lot of resistance to that. And it's been interesting because I, it's hard when you do this work and you see these things and, you know, I don't, I'm not going to coach him. I'm not going to do those things. Right. I think one time in our whole relationship, I did a little tiny bit of child work because he was having a really, really hard moment. I asked permission and we did it. And that was the only time because, you know, I have boundaries, (laughs) but in this case, yeah, it's been an interesting experience of us because I'm like, I know them more than I mentioned it. I know the more your resistance goes up. But I think yesterday we talked about this yesterday and you, you know, I said, like, if there's an overwhelm of like of doing it, like I can, I'm not going to do it for you no, because that won't work, but I will sit with you asking for help and I will sit next to you. We can make a time that that happens and we can sit together if you want to, you know, you don't have to. And that felt for me to say that there's something about that just in my body opened. It felt really beautiful to be able to offer that kind of support it didn't feel controlling you know like i didn't feel that either yeah like it's sometimes something about even just talking about it i feel like the emotion in my body and my heart work somatically (laughs) um i feel that opening yeah like sometimes because i'm the activator in in our relationship i'm the one that takes action Mm -hmm. and a lot you know it's like you want to do something okay, let's do it. Like, and then like three seconds later, there's a whole plan and it's scheduled (laughs) on the calendar and there's a reservation made or whatever is needed. Right. And so, yeah. Right. And so you're like, come on. But the, to be, I was in my feminine, right. I was in the softness of like, I'm not going to do this for you. And I would never do that because that's just not how it works. Right. But I could sit next to you, you know, and that just felt, how'd that feel for you? (laughs) And it felt like my body received it. Oh. I feel like there's moments, especially in, in the early days of us, like confronting like our shit uh-huh. <laughs> that and you would say something, I'd be like, oh, and I got, it would just, I, I feel it in my body, but oh, I don't like that. I won't be told what to do. And like, the, you know, my rebellious <laughs> teen comes out and it's just like, no, I will do what I want, what I want to do. But like, nah, as I grow into like, you know, this man space or this human, as I grow, <laughs> evolve into this human, like it's just uh, where I am now, I receive it. I'm just like... I just need to ask for help. I noticed the resistance mm. for asking for help. 
and no, like it's just like I, I'll do it on my own. I'll do it by myself in fear of like being judged based off of that. Mm. So like it's just a it's a slippery slope, and life just we just uh, we start out so innocent, and then like all these things happen, and like we attach to them and hold on to them and call them a personality. That's wild. We're basically having a therapy session right now. I know, but the hilarious thing is that right in the next room, my partner is sitting and he is having a session with our coach and he sounds just like you. (laughs) I'm resisting everything and and I don't like authorities and no one gets to tell me what to do. It's so funny. But you know what? The more it's like this lock and key, right? Like, I get controlling. He gets to be like, no, like this rebellious says. And then I'm like, ew, I don't like this side of you. I'm going to control more. And then it's just. (laughs) It's so fun. It's so fun. Like circles and circles and circles. So we're dancing around each other, trying not to bump into each other. But then we're just like, I want to do this thing that makes me feel comforted. And like, no, I don't want to do that thing that makes you feel comfort. I want to do the thing that makes me feel comfort. And we're we're also talking to two different languages and your definitions of certain things are different from my definitions of these certain things. Like, it's just, it's a dance. It's, Mm. it's, but it's worth it. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've learned a lot for sure. And I've always tried to figure out, like, again, using the mind, like, who is right? Who is wrong? Like, who needs to change strategies? And then it's like, no, actually, we both need to shift some stuff. Like, I can be less controlling. I can focus more. So this is where like the attachment stuff comes in, which in those dances, I am like the anxious one and he's the avoidant and I want to face everything. And I'm like, give me all my shadows and all my stuff. Like I want to face all of them. And he's like, no, 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 no. So it's like, I really learned, I took a lot of time to learn self-regulation and how to be like, if he doesn't want to do it and it upsets me, then I regulate myself in those moments. And then he's learning to not avoid. And to, this is really funny because he's got to come out and come out. So how conversations? <laughs> we were talking about you. <laughs> oh, Marina, I feel like we yeah. and I are this, like so similar. It's the exact same we're, It's so the same. Nick is securely attached and leans like, like in stressful moments to avoid it. But that's been really helpful that he is secure. And so, you know, the co-regulation has been really helpful. And once I started to connect with, so I forget what her name is, but she's on Instagram she's a therapist and she talks about attachment styles a ton. I think her name is Patricia. She said lots of different ways to talk about attachment styles, right? And something landed when she said anxiously attached people have trouble with self-regulation. And it was just like, boom. And I was like, oh, yes. You know, it was such a moment of clarity. And what I say usually, what I translate that as, is I'm trying to resource safety outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I'm outsourcing my safety. Which when you think of it that way, it's like, that might not be the most effective thing to do. Now, that's different than feeling safe in a relationship and asking for needs to be met so that we do feel safe. I talk about a lot like feeling seen and heard really that helps me to feel safe. But what I did for a really long time is, you know, and we're, we're polyamorous. So in this relationship, I feel pretty secure. But in the other relationships, 
not as much. And I was constantly attracting avoidant people for a minute. And so I would control everything they did, like down to like, you didn't send me three kiss emojis when you text me what's wrong? Cause you usually do. You only sent two and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> she would share these stories with me and I'd be like, people be, are living lives. Like, like it's texting, like it's just, it's all good. And you know, that's where we get so much shame with anxious attachment because it's like, you want to be everyone's center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh God, am I doing that? But it's a pattern from childhood, right? Because we felt like our caregivers were so important and they were our safety, which is true. And then sometimes there, sometimes they weren't there. And so we learned all the things to do right so that they would be there. And that is a really difficult experience. So that makes a total sense. And I have also been there. So <laughs> you're not alone. And really learning. I also heard something fascinating about the co-regulation piece, a lot of times they say it comes really easily to, with anxious attachment, but actually it's not co-regulating. It's like, I need you to feel safe. I need you. I can't be without you. So it's more like, how can you just be around someone else and like feel their support, but also feel regulated in your own nervous system. And that's really like very different than like that neediness, right? So it's very fascinating. So can we talk about that a little? Because people might be like, co what? Like self-regulate? Like what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) So let's break it down. Like what do you mean by, what do we mean by these things? Yeah. Yeah, So from how I learned it, there are kind of three pathways to regulate your nervous system, which means that you are not in a survival state essentially. So really important that you can still be like sad and angry and all these different things when you are regulated, you are just in your body, you're connected to your body, you feel your body, and you don't feel an insane amount of threat. Like you feel like you're safe, but you're going through different emotions, different experiences. So that's the regulated state essentially. So to get regulated, when we are babies, we have no idea how to do that. So, you know, a baby cries and then the parents come and soothe the baby. And that's how babies learn regulation through co-regulation. So that's where you can already see the issues if the caregiver is dysregulated in whatever way. They can't regulate you. They're anxious or they're numb or they're shut down, right? That's kind of the basis for the attachment trauma to begin. So that's the co-regulation that you kind of have with other people. And when you are regulated, you want to be around other people, but when you are either anxious or shut down, which is our other nervous system states, it's really hard to receive support and give support. Our social engagement system is down. So that's kind of the co-regulation piece. Then there's the self-regulation, which is like, how can I internally come down from the survival state? How can I bring my body to know inside that I'm safe? And then the third one, which I think most of us have down in our society is auto-regulation, which is like watching TV, going for a walk, reading a book, scrolling, like things that can be harmful, but can also be soothing at sometimes when we're like, I don't want to deal with all my feelings right now. So I'm just going to watch TV and it's okay. And I will come back to dealing with them later. What's a way, like what's an easy 
way that someone could practice, you know, not the third one, because we all know that, like, <laughs> right? Because I mean, even, yeah, isn't it like Instagram, like, like you can get like a dopamine hit from like seeing light, the neurochemicals, like, can flood our bodies <laughs> in these acts. And so we would kind of go after them to feel this relief, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so what's, uh, and not to say that, you know, sometimes that can be okay, but what's maybe a more effective way, like just something that like, it's a go-to for you to offer a little self-regulation. Yeah. So the more that you're connected to your body, I think it's easier. And as you said, that men tend to not want to connect to their body. I think women also, because trauma lives here. So the more trauma we have, the more we get in touch with it right away. So the more connected you practice connection with your body, it's very simple, simple, but not easy. It's just really like feeling your sensations, what's happening in your chest, what's happening in your belly, what's happening in your throat, just really like recounting those sensations. That's a way to connect to yourself. I find the more connected I am, the less dysregulation I experience. But when I do, it can be as simple as sitting on the couch and just feeling that support on my back, feeling it underneath me, but not just thinking about it like, oh yeah, this couch is soft. It's pretty cool. But actually feeling it in my body. Oh, I feel my chest. It feels really open right now. It feels light, you know, those sensations in the body. And then imagining that people who we feel really supported by lately, I've been really thinking a lot about my grandpa for some reason. And I take walks here in the forest alone, which I don't know if it's smart or not, but that I just want to be in the forest. So my partner's like, I don't want to go. So I'm like, I'm going, I don't care. Um, so <laughs> I'll be like walking and suddenly I'll be like freaked out, you know, cause it's like being alone in the forest. And then I'll just like feel my grandpa and I just hear him be like, it's okay. I'm watching over you. That's a form of regulation. And I will like really feel that safety in my body or even putting your feet on the ground and feeling that support. It's simple things and they will never work if you only think about them. But if you feel them in your body, if you pause and feel them, that's regulation to me. Oh, I love that. I love that because yeah, it, again, it might not be easy for everyone, but it is simple. Everyone sits on a couch, everyone walks, you know, everyone can take your shoes off, bring your feet in the grass and you don't have to take your shoes off. You'd be a little more effective, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, there's, these are such like just accessible ways to connect with your body. Mm-hmm. Just the, the idea of resistance, like pushing against something, feeling something under your feet. Like, Even, yeah, yeah. Like pressing your hands together, like, like putting your hands in your body in some form that like, makes you, or patting your legs, or, you know, mm-hmm. bringing yourself back to that uh, homeostasis. Is, yeah. That's so funny you say that, Nick, because I feel like it goes along with what you said about resistance. or Because I would have never thought of that. But it's like, if you have an impulse to resist, and you actually resist that yeah. Yeah. It from your body. So that's pretty cool. I love that. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> resist the resist. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That is cool. I like that. Yeah. I've been doing some deeper healing work. And during the last session, my coach therapist was like, if something comes up, you know, instead of asking this time, because we we did like three sessions and this was like, instead of asking for me, you can, you can ask whatever you need, but I might guide you back to yourself this time. Like the first two were very much, 
Can you hold my hand? Can you, you know, cause I was very much in my own experience. I'm not going to get too much into it. Cause I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but I was very much in my own experience. And this was a very internal processing, we'll say. And for the last one, it was more, okay, I'm going to guide you back to help. Can you do this for yourself? You know, you can ask for whatever you need, but I might guide you back. And one of the things that he did, he was like, you can put your hands up. And this was like, I had a blindfold on, so I couldn't really see. And you can put your hands up and you can press into my hands. Mm. You can press to clear it. And so at times when I didn't needed that, I would like lift my hands and he would press. And as it went on, it was like the pressing was like less. And I was like, you're not pressing. You're not. Like it's, and I was like, oh, okay. Like it was this like, and again, it was no talking. It wasn't the nothing about like, how you're feeling. Like none of that. It was like just this pressing. And I would press until I needed to stop. And then I would stop and it worked. <laughs> like it was this clearing and it was so cool. But yeah, I think we can feel the resistance in our bodies, right? I think that's an important part. The one thing that comes up sometimes, I do this personally with my work and then I do it with clients is, yes, sometimes like asking like what that part needs and sometimes like really connecting and seeing it and then being like, I know that I'm so grateful for all the protection you've given me. And I think at this moment, I think I got this. Would you mind stepping aside for a moment? You know, like, hey, I see you, you know, and can you step aside for a moment? Because I really want to be able to move towards this. I like, I trust myself, you know, and I found that that has been really helpful (laughs) in just connecting, not, you know, like just asking. Because I think we hear a lot of, um, for a minute, it was the uh, like, okay, like the things that serve us and now they no longer serve us, right? And it's like, yes, it doesn't mean that we have to cast them away. It doesn't mean that they have to be gone. It just means our relationship to those parts can shift. Because that's my connection to that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The relationship shifting and being more in charge than letting the park be in charge. Drive that um, bus. <laughs> yeah. And also being compassionate to them. I mean, self-compassion I changed my life for sure. And I do that a lot with guilt. What you mentioned, like when guilt comes in, you know, a lot of my clients, I have that too, like sitting here and feeling it's so unproductive. I should be doing a million other things or like, It's not okay that I'm feeling this about my mom or my dad because they were nice and they tried really hard and all these things. And so then we ask the guilt, like, is it okay for you to step aside for a moment so we can get underneath this? So I really love that. And usually it's yes. I guess guilt is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All the parts of ourselves are valid. And like just accepting and receiving all the parts of ourselves with some level of grace is yeah like even in saying that i'm just like i'm not doing that Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. as as much as i or in a productive way i need to be doing that more like absolutely 110 percent. it's just uh yeah like we get in our own way at times and uh traversing that moving around that or moving through that like going around anything like mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not useful like you you gotta going around is just, you, you gotta go through these things you gotta process these things mm-hmm. and uh the people in my life that i watch them move through the world currently and it's just uh it shows me how i don't want to be 
but the energy still kind of pops up every now and then. And it's just, how do I contend with this? How do I move through this? And I know the answer, <laughs> but there's the answer, Nick. <laughs> maybe for a little, another part. <laughs> like, like, I, I, it's the answer is here. It's there. It's there inside of me. He's but, pointing to his heart. <laughs> but there's uh, like this pause, this hesitation. And then you go into this space like, where is this pause coming from? Why does this inaction exist within me? I, I guess I'll just be present to that in this moment. And that's all it's really important in this present moment is being with it and not needing to do anything with it, but, but receiving that information, that input, so I can tend to my garden a little bit better. And this cycle, like we're just evolving constantly. And it's just, I want to be a better human being. That is clear because we live in a world where uh, there's so much is going on, so much is happening and all these external sources and people outsourcing responsibility for tending to their own personal evolution it's just, it's not all right. Only way we move through this and become better as a world is that if we're connecting with our own personal like trauma and what, mm-hmm. like getting a PhD level of what is going <laughs> on inside of us and being like, all right, I see you. Let's move forward <laughs> and with compassion and thoughtfulness. And yeah, we all deserve to be here. We all, we all have a, oh, what's the, I have a poem that I'm thinking about right now. We all have a verse to contribute. To, mm. globally to all of it that's a uh, Whitman like I so believe that it's so funny because today I had kind of like a interesting moment because the massacre I mean you guys will post this way later but there was a huge shooting a massacre and I had posted about it and I said I don't remember exactly but kind of like expressing empathy for the kids that died obviously and the shooter And not to like his, you know, motives, of course, but to the trauma that led this. And, you know, it was so interesting because right before I left San Diego, our business partner, my life partner and I were in the hot tub. And it's so funny because we're like three empaths in the hot tub and in walks (laughs) this man. It could be the beginning of a joke. And he walks in and he starts (laughs) literally telling us his entire life story for like, and we're just like fascinated because he's very bizarre and so he starts like, <laughs> like saying horribly racist things and we're like oh my god and then he starts telling us his life story and how he had like half siblings that were mexican and they essentially like abused him and no one did anything and then he's like it's probably no surprise i hate mexicans and i was like it's no surprise it was like so fascinating and i was like this is exactly the thing right like no one is born racist like no one, like kids are not, right? But it's really like those moments, those traumas, they don't have to be necessarily around race. They could be just like power or different things that lead people to these behaviors. So my moment was I posted about that and then someone got really mad at me. I was like, this is not the time to be talking about this and just sending me like DMs about that very triggered themselves then i was like this is interesting because you're triggered and so go kind of deal with your trigger and then you can have a civilized conversation with me right so what you're saying about like taking responsibility i really believe that we should not talk to other people when we are in a triggered state um, and that's Mm-mm. not an avoidant thing it's just like no i no. come back to you because i will be a bitch <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> I think 
that is such a strong point. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a strong point. Let's do this. Like, it's pointless. I will regret everything I said. It's like being drunk and having like a serious conversation. <laughs> so it's just- yeah. Might not like what you said. You might not remember half of you said. I mean, that's as well. When we're triggered, a lot of times we, we're in this space where we don't even remember or recall what exactly happened. That's where the trauma shows up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Lash, that's where it lashes out. That's, yeah. I mean, we, we had an, I don't, is it too soon? Okay. We, you can, you can we had an experience recently where I had a really intense, like, freak out moment and not my, norm in the way that that Nick and I relate. And um, it was so interesting because afterwards I felt like it didn't happen. Like that's how kind of like separate it was. Like it literally felt like it didn't happen. Yeah. And you even said, I felt like a different person. Like this is what happens, right? There's this. And the interesting thing about it was earlier that day, I all of a sudden, I remember I was walking up the stairs and my stomach started to um, to clench. It was like clench, 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 clench. And it was like my, and it was like a part was like, listen to me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I see you. Like I breathed into it, but I didn't, I didn't take the time because I was like, I was working. I had stuff to do clients. And so I, I acknowledged it. And I was like, I'm going to acknowledge, I'm going to later on, I'm going to do some breathing. I'm going to get in my body and see what's there. I'm going to ask. And it was like, no, 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 you're going to do this sooner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was so interesting. And so it was like information of like, because I do have the ability to, my body tells me all the things very easily. I'm also an empath. And so I can feel those things big time. And so it's like, if you have that opportunity to do that, you know, I was like, okay, this is information that the next time something like this might happen, I need to sit down and I need to connect right away if I can, you know? Like, no, I'm not going to cancel an appointment. Otherwise, I will take it out on other people. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'll come out in another way. Oh, yeah. And it was just such a powerful lesson, you know? It's like, no, maybe I won't, like, cancel a client, but, like, I'll, instead of, like, you know, I was like, I got to write all these Instagram posts. Like, I could have taken half an hour to do that. And sometimes I do, you know, it's that balance of the masculine and the feminine for me. Right. And when I'm in that masculine, I'm like, no. And so it's like, oh, wait, feminine, you come back because <laughs> I need those reminders to be with my body. So it's actually, it's Nick's birthday today. And I got, <laughs> thank you. and I, he didn't get like his big present yet, but I got him this dish tail that says hangry on it. It's a real thing. <laughs> and has, the, has this like, this like normal like monster that's like small with like a f- knife and fork. And then there's these like, it like grows like, like three times the size, like, <laughs> like next to it. And a bit, like that basically happens when it's hangry. That you or him? That's both of that's us. both of us. <laughs> like I've connected with. Me three. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I've, yeah. I've connected with being a like, processing how important is to consume like fuel calories when I'm in flustered states mm-hmm. for a good chunk of my my life. And there was a moment earlier on in, in Brittany and I's relationship where I'd be like, uh, maybe you should eat something. And then she was just like, don't you dare tell me I need to eat something. Don't you tell me that. Ever again. 
<laughs> so I, I was like, okay, I can do that. And so I just like rephrased it. I was like, you know what would be a good idea right now? And we both ate something. I, so I, I just wrote myself into that space. But like, we need to have food. And like, we need to stop this for a second, pause, consume some food. And they'd be like, how do you feel? Ah, much better. And then you're much more receptive to receiving information. Yeah, it's so true. It's a nervous system thing, even yeah. like when we're sleep deprived hungry like all these things it's like your body i imagine my body filling up with stuff and then there's no more room for any other stressors so if there's like a fight game over it's just yeah yeah and so that's another thing like that again we're dysregulated in those moments mm-hmm. and so like no serious conversations when you're hungry <laughs> no serious, serious conversations when you're tired like don't go to bed angry yeah go to bed angry and wake up fresh <laughs> and then get into that issue yeah, you can be angry and still be kind. Yes, yes, yeah, this is true. And loving. This is true. That was a huge part of the interaction yesterday yeah. from my end, yeah. like with uh, the energy that was coming from you. I was just like, I was like, whoa. I was like, no, I was like, not okay. <laughs> I was like, this place where we need to like, you know, this like braces and like take a, take a second, pause, and then move forward. But mm-hmm. it's, it's so important to be able to have, have those restarts, those, re, those spaces yeah. where like you just, all right, boom, let's just take up a moment because we're just spinning our wheels right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And come back to presence. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so we we forgot to mention this here when we were talking to you before we hit record, but we want to do a little rapid fire. Would you be down? A little rapid fire? So if there's any question, we might, because, you know, this is also a sex relationships and being humans. Sometimes we ask sexy questions. If there's a question you don't want to answer, we can we can skip it. Okay. Just say pass. Okay. And we'll edit that out. <laughs> okay, so something that makes you belly laugh. My partner is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> When do you feel most vulnerable? Oh, it's so random, I feel like. Oh, maybe Mm. movies, because it's like an external thing. Every movie makes me cry, pretty much, especially This Is Us. Oh. Like, every episode, and then I can really tap into. We legit stopped watching that show, because it was... (laughs) We got so attached to the father in that show. We were just like, I can't, I know it's going to happen. I don't want to watch Spoiler it. Alert, sorry. I, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. We literally just like stopped. Like our nervous system was like yeah. resisted. We were like, no. Yeah. Like years no, Thank later, you. We, we had to pause. <laughs> yeah. We never went back to it. Okay, okay. We never went back to it. My partner, it's the last episode, I think, today or yesterday. The last episode of the show. And my partner and I, I feel like we've cried in every episode together. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Aww. Maybe we'll go back to it one day. One day. Not now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? It's something that brings you pleasure. <sighs> Nature. Mm. Just, I mean, that's not the obvious answer. But <laughs> but yeah, nature. I just like love being in nature and also food. Actually, food is a big one. I get so excited. Like every meal I eat, I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever had. And <laughs> Wait, I got I to gotta follow up. I got to do the next question because it. that just leads into one of my favorite questions. If there was a food that could or does give you an orgasm, what food is that? It's hummus right now because I'm here. <laughs> So where are you? Because they didn't uh, get that. Where are you? I'm in Jerusalem. So when we're here, I eat hummus like three times a week. It's kind of ridiculous. I don't know. I love so many things. That's one of them. What else do I love so much? I mean, anything sweet, chocolate, uh, caramel, caramel. Ah, 
yeah. That was it. That was it. Carrot, carrot. Just dropped it. <laughs> okay. What is romance for you? Uh, deep conversations. Like really the person being very present, like super, super present. And like, there's nothing else around. It's just like the two of us. That's yeah. Ooh, what's your love language? Quality time. Not surprisingly. Ditto. <laughs> and words of affirmation. <laughs> like in nature, like being together in nature and having like good soulful conversations. That That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Balance. Like physical balance, because I hike a lot and I'm like terrified of slipping and just like, yeah, balance is like super, super scary for me. Yeah. Like you'd be like a master of like surfing, skateboarding. Yeah. Like all the balance activities. Walking. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> You're in tree pose for half an hour. <laughs> How is she doing it? <laughs> If you could have sex anywhere or any sexual experience anywhere in the world, could be magical or mystical as well. We embrace all of that. Where would it be? In nature, if I could guarantee that no one would be there, but let's think of a specific, I have a good one. In Costa Rica, there's like these hot pools. I can't remember where they were, but they're literally like, like hot springs in the middle of the jungle. It's unbelievable i mean you're sitting in a hot spring that's like really well built and stuff and it's in the jungle that's where it would be except it's hot spring i don't know how it would work out but in my imagination yeah you'd make it work (laughs) yeah it works (laughs) oh i love that oh marina this was so informative and fun oh my god like yeah we went in (laughs) We did. I'm telling you, we just had like a coaching session yeah. with Marina. Yeah, you know, I think I would, I would be talking about the things. Yeah, that's great. I love when that happens. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it ha- like we had um, a sex therapist on, and we we also I was like, and we just had a therapy session. Great. <laughs> I want to listen to that. I'm going to listen to that. Oh, we talk all about attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. It's, yeah. Yes. It was one of my favorites. Yeah. Been, yeah. This whole process has been pretty great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Marina, if someone wants to work with you, like what do you offer? Tell us what you got. So best place would be on Instagram because I'm always sharing there, but around the time that you're posting this, I'm going to be doing something pretty exciting. Hopefully it'll be exactly in the right time frame. But I'm going to be doing a five-month group coaching program. So it's going to be like, I wanted it to be long and not intense. Like I wanted the sessions to be like shorter and to have more time so that people can really experience like deep, deep transformation. So I'm really, really excited about it. And also to like actually rewire these five capacities that I believe we kind of lose or you know, get worse at in some way because of trauma, which is safety, trust, connection. Let's see if I remember all of them. Agency. Wait, I got safety, trust, connection, agency. And what's the last one? I always forget one. And anyway, choice. That's one. And choice. So like every month I'm kind of dedicating to 
doing like group work actually in the group around those things and actually being experimental about it so that we can use the power of the group to like kind of rewire these capacities. So I'm very, very excited about that. And of course, like the one-on-one coaching and that's like all the info about all that. And I have online courses. You can find everything on Instagram. Oh, that sounds so great. Can you say those, those again, can what they are and, and can you just repeat those five capacities? Yes. It's trust, choice, safety, connection, and agency. Oh, now we need to talk about all that. (laughs) We we can talk about whatever we want to talk about at the kitchen table. Oh, gosh. That was, I'm I'm like, I have so many questions, but Mm -hmm. that's for another time. Oh, yeah. Um, And when's that happening? Podcast number two. Yes. yes. (laughs) When's that happening, Marina? September. Okay, cool. That that will be perfect. That will be perfect. Okay. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> like, no, you didn't leave this room. Okay, go. Cat was that a cat? Yes. Did you say we have a cat too? Our cat's name is Pancake. <laughs> What's your cat's name? Oh, Pancake. Ours is Lola. Oh, Lola's a great name. Yeah, I don't even call her Pancake. I call her Lady. I call her Cakes. I call her. What else do I call her? That's what always happens. Like their name doesn't have a meaning. It's just like a million new names that we give them. Yeah. I call her Booby. I don't know why. Hey, Booby. I call her Booby. Yes. That's what I call her. That's so weird. It's okay. I call my partner that. I think it might be weirder, but it's just. It's so strange. I may have called call you that sometimes too. Call me me Schmoopy. We are. I don't call you Schmoopy. I call you. Moshi bud. Oh, Moshi. No, you, you say Moshi bud. You call me Shmoom. Shmoom, call- not yeah. Shmoopy. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. This seems like a good place. <laughs> Record her. Record her next time. I know. I do not say Shmoopy. Shmoopy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a good place to end. Let's wrap. There were so many good gems in that. So many luscious ass gems. Luscious. Yeah, I did not think we would we would go where we went, and it really mm-hmm. did feel like we had a little little mini session there. Like I mean, I, these are all sessions, but you know, you no, know, like you know we I mean. were having like coaching or therapy yeah. sessions. Yeah. I mean, it was more like vulnerable shares yeah. between like strangers or new friends, you know. So it's just yeah, it was this in depth conversation and mm-hmm. just being vulnerable and open about where we were within both of our relationships and relating, connecting on like, you know, where we connect. That's what we're all about. And that's why we're doing what we're doing Mm -hmm. so that we can have these candid conversations about sex, relationships, and being human. (laughs) It's not just a clever name. (laughs) No, for real. I mean, it's, it's our mission. And because I think that as we do that, as we have these conversations with, you know, we, we, this is our first time meeting Marina and yet we were able to go so deep right that's and the case with a lot of people that we've yes most interviewed so far. most of the, the interviews we've had it's really beautiful is that yeah and i mean that's the thing like we don't have to know each other to foster connection and safety Mm-mm. right nope that's not actually what fosters safety right it's feeling connected to someone feeling seen and heard by someone coming off of this episode like them being like regulated in their nervous system like that's the stuff that fosters safety and connection. And then that's what fosters vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Vulnerability, our intimacy is shared vulnerability as Dr. Tim Ray Schmidt, who's been on this show says, right? and that's intimacy, right? Is when we can both like, we can all come together and create and be raw and be real and be vulnerable. 
the thing with vulnerability is like, we don't have to like bear all. Hmm. I think boundaries and vulnerability is really important. It's super important. I mean, being trying to hold all of it simultaneously, that, that's yeah. a lot. No human being should be doing that at any given point. What do you mean? It's okay to be in a space where you want to push back or fight or hold or like go all the way for somebody. But just mm-hmm. the idea of holding all of it simultaneously, it just, just feels impossible to do all that. It's great to acknowledge all, but like to be like, oh, I'm going to think about all these things in this one moment, in this one time. And, and, yeah. and yeah, I'm going to get through these things. Like mm-hmm. personally, I don't feel like any human being should have to do that. I mean, more like how much you choose to share <sighs> in any given moment. Okay. I mean, I agree with you, but I mean more like the term vulnerability hangover. Yeah. And it's this idea that like you just share everything. Mm. And I've used to do that and I've pulled back way a lot, way much. (laughs) (laughs) I I pulled back a lot. Uh, On what I've shared, you know, what I share now because I'm discerning because I recognize that I don't need to exploit myself. Uh, I got you. Right. So that's more what I was talking about. That's more clear. I hear what you're saying that you're talking about vulnerability, like one human doesn't have to hold all their stuff and it's good to share. And then that's also, (laughs) that's also valuable, right? It's like, yes, it's good to share. And we can be, especially on like platforms like this or like social media, like we don't have to share everything. Like there's a lot of stuff that I will not talk about Mm -hmm. because I'm still in process. Yeah. And so, and I might never talk about some of it, and that, right? That, that's okay. Uh, you know, I talk some like about the trauma that I'm working through. I might, like, I don't know if I'll ever be like, no, I'm going to do an Instagram post about this. Like I may, mm-hmm. but it won't be anytime soon. Yeah. And I might not because it's okay to keep some stuff to yourself. Absolutely. For yourself. Absolutely. Because to me, that's sacred. Slow claps and finger snaps. <laughs> you love saying that. That's my jam. Thank you so much for listening. Check out Marina at marina.y.t. Marina is spelled M-A-R-I-N-A. That's on Instagram. And check out her website at marinayt.com. Follow me at sexually underscore liberated on Instagram. And check out my website at brittanypolacastro.com. And we're on Twitter now. Check us out at ktablepodcast. Follow me at Nick Anthony Photo on Instagram and check out my website at nickantony.com. That's A-N-T-O-N-Y. There is no H. Editing by Audionauts. Music by Greta Hotmer. And like, subscribe, and follow this podcast. Please, please leave us a review. Five stars if you're feeling generous. It really helps. And share this episode or this podcast with someone who you think might benefit. Help us spread the kitchen table love, y'all. <laughs> Until Please. next time. <laughs>